0: Hello and welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Online marketing expert, Lindsay Anderson, known internationally as One Click Lindsay and her dedicated online marketing specialists at TrafficAndLeads.com know that today's growing businesses thrive on targeted website traffic that converts into leads with just one click. Whether your business is struggling right now or your thriving business needs even more fuel for growth, you've to the right place. So sit back and get ready to learn how to grow your business one click at a time. Please welcome your host of the Traffic and Leads podcast, One Click Lindsay.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. And today I have an expert on the line. You guys are going to want to listen into this episode. I have Mr. Brandon Utley. He is a seasoned web marketing and public relations professional with nearly 30 years of experience. Currently, he is the founder and CEO of Go for Launch, an educational resource for entrepreneurs. Prior to his current roles, Utley co-founded and was CEO of Command Partners, a digital marketing agency. He also co-founded and was president of Carbon House Inc., a nationally recognized web design firm. So Brandon also has a new book out called Podcast Away that we will be asking him all about. But since he has been in this industry for 30 years, we have a lot of questions for him. Brandon, welcome to the show today. Lindsay, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to have you here. So first first and foremost, Looks like you've been busy writing this book, Podcast Away. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
2: Yes. Last year, I started my third podcast, uh, and it's called Go for Launch, after the name of my company. But I'd had two podcasts before that. The first was back in the day of 2008. I had a company at that time called Web Business Freedom, and I was sort of inspired by um, a couple of guys who had a company called Internet Business Mastery. Who's who? They're still around, and they also inspired other people that you may have heard of, namely Pat Flynn. Oh wow! Yeah, smart passive income. So, the funny story is, Pat and I were in this mastermind group—I guess you would call it—you know, virtually through Internet Business Mastery back in that day. So I knew of him, and he was just starting out as I was, and I ended up starting a podcast several months before Pat started his, but mine never took off because I kind of got sidetracked. I actually, got a a large consulting contract, so that bu- that business of mine fizzled out. Oh, yeah. Do you so, think
1: you think you would have like been up there if since you started before him and
2: stuff like that, or? Yeah, that's the fantasy, right? That, <laughs> if always, only I, I would have. Yeah, if only I would stuck with that. Uh, Shoot, so that's like a recurring theme in my life. But, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a few years later, a friend of mine and I here in Charlotte, North Carolina, we started a podcast called The Marketing Squad. And we had a lot of fun with that. We did it for a number of years, but the problem was that it was, you know, it was a side hustle. It was just something we did for fun. And we never did it regularly enough to where it took off. And even though we had some great guests, we had some big names on there in the marketing space. People from marketing profs like Ann Handley, Michael Stelsner, who- Wow. F- who's, who founded Social Media Marketing Examiner. We had Peter Shankman, founder of Harrow and a lot of great guests so it wasn't for lack of trying but it was just this you know the idea that we just weren't consistent and and we had jobs and we had things to do so we we kind of let that go so
1: so let me stop you right there so when you say you were not consistent are you saying you were not like consistently releasing episodes it was here and there um or just like you quit after a couple months tell me what you mean by that
2: well, no, we actually went for, I think, three years. Dang. Least, but we were only doing it every two weeks, okay. roughly. So, you know, we were consistent. But what I came to realize is that t- every two weeks is not good enough. It's like if somebody asks you, how, how often should we blog, Lindsay? You know, and, and a lot of people say, can we just do a good blog post once a month or a couple times a month? And you're probably going to say no. Right. It's, not, it's, not, it's just not going to happen. You're either going to have to do it at least once a week. Week, which is just utter minimum.
1: Bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. You
2: got to really step it up and do more than that. So, you know, like I said, we were having a great time. And my partner on that show is a guy named Nathan Ritchie. And he is actually from the radio industry. So he actually, he had a better radio voice than I did. And he was, you know, and I'm, I'm like. You can I pretend. I can pretend. And I did, I was on the radio, but in college, you okay. know, which doesn't count. It, right. it, so many people could say, yeah, I was a college radio DJ or whatever, but it was fun. And like I said, it was an entree. So it kind of opened my eyes to the fact that podcasting is a great calling card. As you know, you can really approach people and say, Hey, I have a podcast. Would you like to be on it? So true. Uh And it's amazing how many people will just say, sure. And honestly, after doing three shows, hundreds of episodes, I don't recall maybe one time getting asked, actually, how many people listen to your show? You know, like people just don't even ask. They just want to be on podcasts. So that's an interesting thing for your listeners to bear in It mind. is. And
1: even like, you know, A-listers, like people you would never be able to call and talk to for a half an hour, you know, um, they will, they're so generous and they will tell, like, I have a lot of big names on my podcast that, that will be releasing. And like, I'm just stunned that they're just like, yeah, sure. Why not? It's like, wow. Or like, I was asking a guy yesterday, how did you get, you know, this person on your podcast? I just asked. And it's like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, you know, years ago with Web Business Freedom, my biggest coup was I got an interview with Guy Kawasaki. Wow. Yeah, and at that time, he had a book coming out called Enchantment and he was actually kind of throwing out the net you know, literally saying, Hey, i I'm available to be on podcasts. And one of the funny things, Lindsay was in his book, he had this theory that the nobodies are the new somebodies. And so oh. I think that he was willing to be on a nobody show like mine because of his theory that everybody has influence. And, you know, for example, I'm in Charlotte, you're in Idaho, You probably have a circle of influence there. I certainly have one here. And and he was willing to do that. But it was just a hysterical experience because that's part of, that's one of the stories I share in podcast away is that frustration of actually landing a big guest like that and thinking, now it's going to take off. Now that I have this big name, surely he's going to share it with his network and it will just help me and it will create a huge spike in traffic. And what I found out was a lot of these big names, even though they'll agree to be on your show, they're not going to go out of their way to actually promote it after the fact. Right. I've talked to a lot of people about that. I have different theories on that, but people have said, you know, these people, they will do it because they want to pay it forward, if you will. However, they don't want to spread themselves too thin or whatever the theory is. I don't buy it because, for, for example, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, a person who will go unnamed, told me that recently one of his clients did a... An event in New York where he paid to have Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin come and speak at this event. So you can imagine that would that was not cheap. No, and he paid both of those individuals, not to mention the space rental and all that. So we're talking a hefty fee. And you would think that both of those guys would naturally talk about what they were doing, particularly Gary Vaynerchuk, because he's Snapchatting every 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. He's he's on Twitter all the time. He's basically live streaming his day. Neither one of those two put a word out about it on their social networks. Isn't that interesting?
1: That is interesting. So you said you have a lot of theories. I'm I'm just curious what your number one theory is. Why do you think that is?
2: Well, I think that they don't want other people to think, oh, it's so easy to, to get to corral me maybe. Or, or or, I kind of feel like they're willing to carve out 20 to 30 minutes of block of time to to feel like they're putting some good karma out into the universe, but then they're going to move on. It's not, you know, and the, they don't feel obligated after that point to send out tweets or do anything on your behalf. Whereas a lot of what I would call the B or C or D listers, you know, I joke in the book about Kathy Griffin, the, uh, the, <laughs> the the comedian. Yeah. And I say to people that I feel like I'm the king of the D list of podcasting. And she, for years, kind of joked that she was the queen of the D lists. And now, of course, she's on the A list, but for years she was just like, hey, I'm, you know, what was it? Avis, we try harder, you know. Yeah. Year for years. That was their slogan, competing with Hertz rental car. And, you know, these these second tier, third tier people, uh, I don't want to put you in that category, but you can. That's I fine. Feel like, you know, I'm good. but we're like, we hey, try harder <laughs> and we go after it and we have to promote ourselves. And what's cool is when I'm on your show or you're on my show, I can know that when I tell you it's live, you're going to tell your network. It's true. So, you know, and I do that, and I'm going to do that for this show. So I kind of tell people, you know what, it's fun to go after the A-listers and pat yourself on the back that you get these interviews. But honestly, go after people that are more down to earth and that you know are going to hustle and, and promote your shows. I mean, I talked to a guy a while back on my podcast, Mark Malwini, he's, he's a, sort of a mm-hmm. u- Uber coach, you know, coach to the coaches. So mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want to be a life coach or business coach, or whatever, he will tell you how to do your business better. I can't tell you how many times that guy has tweeted out that he was on my podcast. Now I know for a, Fact, he's probably not doing that. He maybe pre scheduled those, or perhaps has an assistant that does that. But the I, I appreciate who cares? That. It's awesome. I mean, exactly. It's it's constant. I mean, it's months after the fact. Every once in a while, I'll get this tweet saying, "Hey, listen to me on Brandon's show," and I'm like, "That's awesome." You and know, I didn't get that. I didn't get one of those from Guy Kawasaki. Had I gotten one tweet, you yeah. know, to his millions of listeners, that really would have helped. But you know, I don't want to have sour grapes, so you just <laughs> got to move on for stuff like that. But just know that that's a big part of what I talk about. And so Podcast Away really came out of some interesting observations too when I was looking at the podcasting space and seeing these massive overnight, quote, overnight success stories, uh, such as John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now, of course, he's not an overnight success. He worked very hard. He continues to work very hard. And yet, he has just exploded. And he's making multiple six figures a month, You know, largely based on his podcast. And you know, so part of me was thinking, cool, I'll start another podcast and start making a ton of money. You know, Mm -hmm. it looks like, it looks like advertisers are diving in and it's, it's a good time to get in the pool or whatever. Well, (laughs) there is some of that. I think there's a lot less competition in podcasting versus trying to blog and things like that. But still, you know, you might be competing with 50,000 people in your niche versus 400 and you know, million or whatever, but yeah. still, you're competing with 100,000 people. So, you know, you got to kind of temper that and think, all right, if I get in, I'm going to have to hustle really hard, and I'm going to have to make connections, and I'm going to have to do a lot of work in order and and, and put in the time that it's going so to take uh, to to become successful.
1: Very true. Okay. Um. So. Those
2: are all excellent points. Although back to what Mark is doing for
1: you, where he retweets you, you remember him. So, I mean, I'm guessing that relationship in your head is even more firm that way, just because he like retweets you once a month. Like now you're going to remember he's like the coach of coaches and refer him
2: and it just helps that relationship. Right. Uh, Absolutely. And of course I also, um, do a lot of work on my end to help promote my guests who come on my show. I, for example, well, I have a, a list on Twitter that I maintain called Podcast Guest. And and I will look at that, you know, at least every other day or so and see if there's opportunities for me to help them retweet stuff that they have going on. Awesome. And, you know, and, and yes, and if anybody asks me about coaching, of course, he's going to come to mind. And this is a person, this is another cool thing for me. You know, he's in Canada. I'm in North Carolina in the United States. I've never met this person, you know, face to face. I've not met you, but we've now talked twice and I'm getting to know you virtually. That's the beauty of all this. One of the cool things, Lindsay, the other day, I got an email from somebody in Ireland of all places. Wow. Saying saying that she had downloaded one of my lead magnets, which is awesome, and was telling me about their new venture in Ireland, which is sort of a tourism app, in an app, in a in a website, and things like that, and of course, what what was my first reaction? I'm like, "How did this person find me?" You know? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The internet. I mean, this is what we're all about, right? We're trying to get traffic and leads, which is exactly what you do. But it's amazing when it actually happens.
1: Yeah, and it's and she probably she could have even like listened to an episode that was out in the ether for like months right
2: yeah she didn't find me through the podcast but she did find me through a Google search because of course I asked I said how did you find me and right. she said I did sort of this this query and you came up and I'm like that is that's Wh- awesome wild stuff and and I'm sitting there on Google Maps going wow where is she what part of Ireland and you know and I said man I would love to come to Ireland she said well There's a digital marketing conference here soon. I know the organizers. Let me put in a word. So I may be going to Ireland. Wow! It's just one of those things where one thing leads to another, but it does take a lot of hard work. Agreed. Okay.
1: well, so you have been in the web marketing business for a very long time. So here's your new book came out December 31st. I am sure you're a king at promoting it. Tell us your promotion plans and what you've been doing and how it's been working.
2: Yeah, well, I got to give a shout out to another guy named Tim Grawl. G R A H L. He's sort of the master of these launches of book launches now, and he has some great free resources. Uh, if you just Google Tim Grawl, you can find those. And I kind of followed his blueprint, if you will. Matter of fact, he has a book out that's got the name Blueprint in the title. It's escaping me at the moment, but it's uh, it's all about how to do that. And one of the things that you have to do is start well in advance building a list and letting people know that your book is coming out at a certain point in time and really prepping for that event. Uh, I think a lot of people in the past probably sort of held it close to the vest. You know, they were out, they were off in their little cave, writing, refining, doing everything. And then they come out one day and go, ta-da, I have a book. Everybody mm-hmm. go buy it. And it's at that point, you know, you, you need to have a, a lot bigger launch right out of the gate. So I had a lot of uh, build up to that, and one of the things Tim recommended was that you you give some freebies away, of course, to get people enticed to get in your book. So one of the things I did was I created a three email mini course, if you will, on how to create a podcast, and people can get that for free along with three chapters of the book for free so they can check it out. And then of course, it's also in the book. You can sign up for the course either way. So, you know, it's a lead magnet, if you will.
1: And did that work well for you? And then what did you, Yeah,
2: did you run Facebook ads or how did you? No, I I try to be um, cheaper than that. So (laughs) I I use a lot of uh, free social media sites and I rely heavily on email marketing, of course, like we all do these days. And I have a list of several thousand people and and it works great. And I just kept telling those telling those people, you know, hey, it's coming out. Please get ready. And I gave away review copies for free in advance. So that's one of Tim's great theories is give the book out and then a good number of those people will then give you a review. So you really want to come out of the gate with some reviews and things like that on Amazon, especially.
1: That makes sense. Okay, so um So really you spent no money on Facebook ads, but you didn't you say, so yeah, I get that you had a previous list, but you did say you were started to build a new list. So you basically segmented your list to those who you thought would be interested in the book versus those who were not. And then you kept emailing them?
2: Yes. And I use ConvertKit for my email marketing. I switched over from AWeber last year. I've been really pleased. And one of the the segmentation factors, one of the benefits of ConvertKit. So I segmented that list to people who are interested in the book. And I really kept, you know, going, I've been going to the well, if you will, at least once a week telling people how the book is doing. Can they share it with others? Can mm. they leave a review? And and it just keeps widening little by little.
1: That makes sense. So what is your, so it's obviously it's called Podcast Away. So what is your ultimate goal with the book? Is it to sell the book and make money off the book? Is it to get, are you um, a coach for podcasters? What, what's your ultimate goal?
2: Yeah. I've learned that you don't make money writing (laughs) and even bestsellers kind of tell you that unless you're Stephen King or somebody at that level. A lot of people, it's a calling card and it, it is allowing me to have a new niche of teaching people how to podcast. But it was sort of a Trojan horse theory for me, Lindsay, where I was sitting there saying, you know, I'm frustrated. I want more listeners for my podcast. Oh. How do I get more listeners? And the more I started to think about my journey and struggles, I was like, you know, this is more than a blog post. This is turning into a book. So I eventually put it in that book format. And throughout the book, there are opportunities to sign up to certainly get on my email list, but also I'm pleading with people, please go listen to my podcast. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm putting a lot of value and work into it. So it was sort of this whole, if you remember Robin Roberts from ESPN, and I guess she's on different, you know, networks, when she came out several years ago and told the world that she had cancer and she was going to battle that, she said, my mama always told me to make your mess your message. <laughs> and so oh, I like that. Said, yeah, that phrase kind of resonated with me. And if you've we've seen some really big examples of that. For example, James Altucher is probably the poster child of making your mess your message. Uh-huh. And he has parlayed you know, being a raw individual and telling it like it is into building a massive, massive following of people and others have done the same. And, and so I have been more of a reticent person. I don't, you know, air a lot of dirty laundry and stuff like that, but I decided to sort of do that a little bit more in this book. And I talked about some of the big failures I've had in business and the struggles I've had trying to build a podcast and things like that. I wanted it to be a a more real look at this type of stuff versus the headlines that we see of, oh, this guy left NPR and started a podcast, and then you know, a couple months later, he's getting funding from venture capitalists, and oh gosh, now he has this big Gimlet Media. Now, and you're, and you're thinking, yeah, is this is this real life? You know, is this possible? I mean, and part of my theory, Lindsay, is that if you already have a large network, it's much easier to go start a podcast, for example, and and instantly get some credibility and success. But if you're a nobody starting out from scratch, you're going to have to fight for your your audience.
1: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. But it can be done, right? It's all about being consistent
2: yeah, it's consistency, and it's I think it's quality as well. yeah, and it's staying true to your mission and your focus, fair enough,
1: okay. So I only have about ten more minutes of your time. And I do want to ask you a couple of questions about traffic and lead generation. Um, and, um, I know you have some unsung traffic and lead generation tools you're going to tell us about, and that's what the podcast is about. So tell us your
2: deep, dark secrets, Brandon. All right. Well, I like to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit, but for example, when I promote my shows every week, uh, one of the first things I do is I use a site called just retweet it, which is an interesting tool. You can, you can use it for free and it sort of works on the credit system where you can go log in with your Twitter account. And then look for opportunities to retweet other people's posts in there. And every time you do that, you get points, if you will. So you can kind of add up a a bank of points and other people will be able to share with you how many points they'll give you for retweeting something. So let's say you retweet a bunch of stuff and you get up to 400 points. Well, then I can then post something that I want others to share and say I'm willing to give you know, 10 points per retweet or whatever. And, and so I use it for free. I've not paid for it, but you can buy credits and they're cheap, but that's a great system. As soon as I post stuff in there, usually within minutes, I'm getting a bunch of retweets.
1: Does that return, does that return real traffic to your website?
2: Yes, it does. And so that's a, that's a nice place to go. Uh, there's also a newer Service that I've been trying out called Q, which has got an odd spelling, but it's Q U U U. Whoa, <laughs> that one that, I haven't heard of. Do tell. Q. It's either .co or .com, but it's it's a similar system where you can actually pay. It's very cheap to to have something promoted in there. And if you get, you can apply to be sort of an influencer. And if they vet you, you can you can also um, promote content, you know, and so you can suggest content that they'll promote on their network. And Q will allow other people to sign up and it basically curates content for you and posts. So for example, I'm using it and every twice a day for free, they'll post these interesting articles out there on my behalf. Awesome. Yeah, and that's an interesting one because I'm getting like, I don't even know what's going out. And then all of a sudden I'm getting a like or a comment back from the author who they've at message saying, thanks for the retweet. You know, I'm like, okay, cool. That's (laughs) cool. I I really do. uh, You know, when I use Buffer and Feedly, In heavy combination, Buffer allows you, of course, to connect a bunch of different social networks and then curate content throughout the day and schedule, pre-schedule that. And Feedly is is uh, one of the better RSS readers. So what I do is I've signed up for a d- bunch of different blogs and people that I follow. And I'll go in Feedly maybe once or twice a day and look for those articles of interest and then use Buffer to, to schedule those and post those to the various networks that I have. And what networks do you focus on primarily? Uh, certainly Facebook um, is big. You know LinkedIn a lot of people overlook that, but from a business standpoint, there are tons of people in there being more seriously focused on business subjects so that's that's very helpful whenever I do actual posts long long form posts on LinkedIn, I find those perform pretty well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so occasionally I've tried things like medium I haven't had as much success with that uh, I do love quora for example the quora q u o r a which is a QA and a site, but it's extremely um, influential. There are a lot of people, particularly in the tech industry, mm-hmm. who are on Quora constantly. And if you pay attention to Quora and write frequently, you can get a lot of traffic from Quora. I've seen, um, seen that happen over and over. Wow. Yeah.
1: Any other traffic and lead secrets you want to tell us about?
2: Um, another one that is fantastic is Product Hunt. And, you know, for example, now they have an area for podcasts. So every time I have an episode come out, I go to pot product hunt and I list that as a new podcast. And there are not a lot of shows at this point being posted there. So I'll be on the page every day with maybe not typically more than 12 to 20 shows out of the entire universe of podcasts. So that sends some decent traffic my way.
1: So awesome. That one, that's killer too. Wow. These are some amazing tools. Anything else? I can keep asking.
2: (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, one more, give me one more. I'll give you two more. Okay. I think these are awesome. Um, I use, you know, Instagram. Now people think of that as like, oh, well, you're just sharing, you know, whatever pictures of stuff going on. But I, what I do is I go and I use a tool called Canva for free, C-A-N-V-A. And I make these little graphics that describe the show and a link to go get the show. And I'll put that up in Instagram. And I get a lot and and I use a lot of hashtags. That's the- That's the key. Yes. Key on Instagram, but I'll get a lot of likes and, and shares.
1: Will you get a lot of traffic to your site via analytics?
2: A little bit, not, you know, not a flood, but it just depends on the subject matter, of course, as well. Okay, cool. If, if the if the guest, of course, is on Instagram, I'm trying to at message that person and, you know, get them to reshare it as well. And then one more I would say is Reddit. That's an o- overlooked, you know, it's kind of geeky. The interface is quirky, but there's, there's subreddits. There's groups for everything out there under the sun. Mm-hmm. And there is a podcasting Reddit subgroup. And that's another one where they have, you know, certain rules and stuff, but you can, as a podcaster, you can go push your shows out there, po- post them, and that definitely drives traffic. There's a lot of, you know, avid listeners and avid people looking for stuff to to um, discover, and Reddit is a great place to do that.
1: Wow. So, it seems like every time, so you're, are you releasing once a week for your podcast?
2: Yes. Typically, my shows come out on Monday. And so what I was just, some of the things I were just describing, I have a, I use a site called process street, which is sort of a souped up to do list or checklist type of system. And this is awesome, by the way. And you can set up these checklists and then automatically run them. Um, uh, so every week I'm running a new checklist to, to make sure that I hit all those different sites and yeah. as well as others. So it takes me maybe an hour to co- go through and make sure that I, you know, schedule a bunch of tweets. I submit stuff to Reddit and Dig or Inbound.org or where, you know, different places where I think that the posts might resonate.
1: But for you to have that, because like you just gave me like this huge list of where I go and promote all my shows, for you to really say that you've whittled that down to an hour, that's not bad.
2: No, because you as you are well aware, you could sit there and spend hours, you know, trying to, and and I, I have done that, but it's frustrating. So I just typically spend a good solid hour or so and then just move on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I feel like you've given us like the shortcut here. Like my guess is you've tried a hundred other things and these are like the things that are, that work that produce the traffic.
2: Yes. There, for example, I was using something else and it just wasn't doing it for me. There was uh, one of these little uh, systems where you can go and post stuff and it was just, uh, you know, not driving the traffic. So you just do have to watch those in your analytics and get rid of them if they're not working.
1: Yeah. So Brandon just gave us a a complete shortcut on how to promote your podcast episodes. Thank you for that. So I have used all of your time today. Before we go, tell everybody again where to find you, um, more about your podcast and where to like, get your book as well.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. Actually, for your listeners, Lindsay, I have a special link. If they go to goforlaunch.io slash traffic and leads, nice. you can get a free copy of my ultimate business checklist. And also on that page, there's a link where you can get the uh, free three chapters of my book and the three part mini series, if you will, the course on how to do a podcast if you're interested in all that's free.
1: That's a lot of stuff. Um, what is the ultimate business checklist? Exactly.
2: That is a, uh, I spent months and months last year compiling all of these different checklists on how to start a business. I, I scoured the planet and I would take the best of the best on all these lists and I compile them into one. Definitive checklist, I felt that covered the gamut of how to, you know, start a business. And it's broken down into four stages with multiple steps involved. But that's really great if somebody's thinking about starting a business and wants to know sort of what do I need to keep in mind from the branding aspects to the naming to the incorporating to legal, et cetera.
1: That sounds very valuable. Well, thank you for the free giveaway.
2: Oh well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure.
1: Yes, that is our episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, One Click Lindsay, from TrafficandLeads.com, where your solution to slow growth is just one click away.
0: You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting the more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more Traffic and Leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.